Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening in. This is 365 Draft, Episode 4, where we talk all draft all year. Uh, if you are listening for the first time, I am Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting and NDT Scouting. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, this this episode should be a lot of fun because I know how much everybody loves quarterbacks. So uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at, uh, I've got uh, 11 names here, 11 quarterbacks that are draft eligible for 2016. And I'm just going to share just some quick thoughts on each of these guys. And uh, hopefully you guys find it insightful and useful and uh, if you have not tuned into our past episodes, we have, uh, obviously, if this is episode four, we've got three others on queue that uh, you guys can pull up here at ndtscouting.com and listen. Uh, they range from the draft recap for 2015. Um, also take a look at uh, trait-based scouting and what it is that I look for in players at uh, – specific positions and uh, also just a little bit of an argument as to why I feel numerical scouting is extremely helpful as far as grading players and sorting players and assembling a draft board and um, as we continue to go with these we will continue to hopefully add more and more content we are uh, in that summer lull still so I will not be surprised if we hit a couple more position groups here in the very near future as we go forward but for today, we're just going to bite off the big one. We're going to dedicate some time to the quarterback class. So uh, these are in no particular order. I also feel like that deserves some disclaimer here. Um, just names that stood out to me and I thought that were worth sharing. Uh, I do think there are five or six quarterbacks that potentially have skills that you can work with. The steps that they take this next year is obviously going to be a big part in just how far they've developed and how high you should covet these players. But, you know, kind of at the point where we're at now, I'm a little bit skeptical about almost all the players in the quarterback class, whether they're seniors or potential underclassmen that could be declaring for 2016 as well. So uh, pretty high status is there for the taking. It just really depends on who plays up to it, who shows – uh, the mental progression, the ability to, to increase your play speed and use the full field of play. But uh, without further ado, we're just going to take a couple minutes on each guy and, and work our way through. Uh, the first guy I wanted to talk about was Trevon Boykin out of TCU. Uh, Boykin was somebody who really came into his own with the system last year. Um, probably did not get enough recognition as far as a Heisman candidate. And as far as I'm concerned... Uh, he's probably my favorite to win the Heisman this year because TCU has essentially everybody back. He was so good last year. 
uh, and the system that they play in is wide open. And obviously the Pac-12 does not have the most stout defenses in the country. But from an evaluation perspective, a couple things stood out to me in watching Boykin. I was able to catch four games from 2014. Uh, obviously with somebody who burst onto the scene with his first big season last season, uh, Boykin was pretty inconsistent. Uh, he has a cannon for an arm. Uh, and he has flashes of quote-unquote wow throws, those, those throws that, you know, extremely tight window, or maybe he's not on a set platform and he still generates accuracy and power on the ball to, to fit balls in tight windows. And that's something that I think is important for quarterbacks to have that quote-unquote natural arm talent. And I think Boykin does have it from a velocity and placement perspective there's flashes of it. How frequent it is, that's ultimately going to determine where he's coveted in 2016. Uh, I need to see continued development from him in 2015. Obviously, you do not want somebody who comes in, is a one-year wonder, and then kind of returns back to earth. And that's not somebody that's going to be answering a lot of questions. Obviously, there's a ton of context that goes into that full evaluation, but you want to see him take the next step. Uh, he needs to use more of the field, and he needs to use it more quickly. Uh, a lot of his throws um, that were not quick screen throws or bubble throws or, or you know, the quick passes into the flats, um, a lot of half-field reads, uh, slow to move off of initial route combinations on one side of the field. So mentally between the ears, you would like to see his pace of play uh, continue to develop. But, I mean, if you want to talk about an electric, dynamic athlete who has the potential to extend plays and, and get out of sacks in the pocket, uh, Boykin certainly has that. He's uh, a very impressive athlete with some impressive arm talent. So he's somebody that I'm rooting for. You know, I, He's a lot of fun to watch, so hopefully he continues to develop and uh, can place himself amongst the top names at the position. Up next, we're going to hit Connor Cook from Michigan State. I think he has the most polished skill set and is the closest player as of right now to being the total package for any of the 2016 draft-eligible quarterbacks. Um, he has some lapses in mechanics. Um, he struggles to extend plays. He's not the most mobile guy, and when you pressure him, he does make some, let's just say, questionable decisions with the football. Um, but at the same time, uh, he utilizes NFL window or NFL caliber windows uh, to hit receivers. I think the Nebraska game last year, Cook had four or five throws that, I mean, you just – it was a straight NFL throw, the smallest of windows, perfect ball placement, either over the outside shoulder or in between two zone defenders and throwing into windows. So Cook is the most promising for me if you're looking for somebody who you could say, yeah, this could be a franchise quarterback. I think Connor Cook is that guy for me at this point, but there's a lot of football left to be played. So it really remains to be seen. Uh, Jared Goff from Cal is a guy who's popular on Twitter. A lot of folks talk about how they think he's the top quarterback prospect. and uh, I can see why. Um, 
as from a uh, decision-making standpoint, he's fairly smart with the football, takes care of the football. But, you know, I'm concerned with that build and that frame. He is very thin, uh, almost like Connor Halliday from Washington State last year. He has that same similar uh, quote-unquote beanpole build to him. So I would like to see him continue to add some thickness so he can sustain hits at the next level. Uh, I'm not enamored with his arm strength. Um, I think if you're asking him to throw within 15, 20 yards the line of scrimmage, you can get by with that. But he's not going to be that Derek Carr vertical passer that we saw come out of Fresno State last or in 2014. Uh, that's just not his game. He is uh, very accurate within the 15, 20-yard window, uh, throws well on the move, uh, is able to get a little bit of heat on his passes on the move. Um, I, I want to see more traditional passing from him in 2015, and I'm not sure how much we're going to get from it. I think uh, what he's asked to do is uh, fairly simplistic, uh, a lot of quick throws. You know, Potentially this is somebody that you could say, okay, well, he's a West Coast offense uh, prospect. Uh, I certainly don't think he's a universal prospect at this point. Um, but at the same time, along with Goff, and all of the guys that I'm going to go through, with the exception of maybe Christian Hackenberg, uh, I've only seen two, three games. Some have I've seen up to four. Um, but these are very early impressions. These are, these are not concrete opinions, obviously, with all of 2015 yet to be played. Uh, opinions can change. Players can change. Players can develop. So at this point, I'm not enamored with Goff. I don't think he's my top guy coming into this season. But I can see the appeal there if you are someone who gravitates towards towards certain skills with, with quarterbacks. Speaking of Christian Hackenberg, uh, he's the next guy that I have on my list, and uh, he checks all the boxes when you're going through, you know, height, weight, build, arm strength. Um, he's a better athlete than he's given credit for, I think. But, man, he's, he's really got to clean up in 2015. He makes some baffling decisions loses defenders, throws right into coverage. And I think what bothers me the most about Hackenberg is right now uh, he gets really lazy with his mechanics, whether it's footwork, setting your base, or, or you know establishing your throwing platform before you target a throw. Uh, there's, there's no, there were some plays last year where Hackenberg would extend a play and try and get the ball out and it was just a bad decision and you know that's one of those you live and learn you figure out what you can get away with and what you can't get away with but then there were other times where just the the crispness and the mechanics were i mean there was no reason for them to lapse the way that they did so that's concerning for me and that's something that you would hope penn state would continue to develop and help him improve upon but at the same time if that doesn't happen, Hackenberg's going to be a really interesting prospect just for the weighing the pros and potential that he has versus where he is in his development trend. Uh, I'm sure NFL teams are confident that you get your hands on somebody with his skill set, you can work him into a finished product. But then you have to get into the whole argument of when do you play him and that's going to be a really interesting dynamic for me as we watch 2015 play out. Speaking of 
interesting dynamics. Uh, Cardale Jones from Ohio State. Uh, very small sample size. Obviously, we only got uh, a little over three games worth. Uh, I thought Jones, uh, had, he has a fantastic arm. His arm talent is very, very good. Uh, ball placement was spotty, but, you know, a lot of these were big games, big moments. You're consistently facing uh, pressure or, you know, just the, the general stage that you're working on. So I'm not going to nitpick too much on ball placement because I saw flashes of very good ball placement. But for me, he's somebody similar to Trevon Boykin where the speed of the reps that he was taking was what stood out to me as something that concerned me a little bit. Um, again, this was somebody who would sit on a read, sit on a receiver, and very slow to work across. And so there were some plays in the national championship game uh, where he was getting applauded for making throws, but subsequently he was late getting to that read. And it was either receivers had to stop and present, prevent themselves from running themselves out of bounds or into coverage, or it was the last window that the, the ball could be delivered. So, Jones, um, I don't want to speculate on who's going to win the the quarterback reps there, but I'm assuming I'm operating under the assumption that Jones will be the guy going forward for 2015. And if he is, uh, I'm hoping those increased volume of repetitions will help facilitate a little bit of improvement because it's you know it's easy to get lost in the shuffle that this is somebody that only started three games. Uh, so hopefully those reps will improve the pace of play, improve the mental processing capabilities, and we can get a little bit better idea of who Cardale Jones is. Um, but the, the athletic profile with him was awesome to see. Uh, the ability to extend plays and, and get out and run in space, he was very effective as a runner in the, the limited time that he had in 2014. So he's going to be another fun one. Braxton Miller, speaking of Ohio State, um, I personally don't feel Braxton has a NFL future as a quarterback. Um, operated under a lot of spread offense, option reads, quick pitches, zone read, and uh, I really didn't even see it when he was asked to be a passer for Ohio State during his time as the starter there, his tenure. Um didn't really see a lot of NFL caliber passing levels and, and requirements as far as drop back passing, reading the defense. Uh, a lot of his success came from dropping back, extending a play, flushing the pocket, and hitting somebody. Uh, I didn't see the natural arm talent as far as ball placement skills. Obviously, he has an extremely strong arm. And he made some nice throws during his time as a starter at Ohio State, but also there were throws where uh, he was missing guys. He was forcing guys to come to a complete stop to catch the ball when they were wide open. So Miller's somebody that I'm, I'm skeptical on. I think he's probably facing a position change. And uh, somebody else that I feel like is likely looking at a position change is Dak Prescott from Mississippi State. Uh, a lot of similar opinions. Uh, there, I think he's 
uh, glorified Tim Tebow as far as, you know, working in that offense and being a running quarterback and his passing leaves a lot to be desired. Um, just missing guys that are wide open consistently. I watched four games for Prescott, and obviously the stats are very impressive. Uh, it's, it's a high-octane offense, but from a play-to-play, snap-to-snap basis, Prescott for me is extremely underwhelming as a passer, so I don't think he's somebody that, at least for me, is going to get serious consideration as an NFL-caliber prospect at the quarterback position. Very strong athlete, so I think he'll get a look somewhere at some position, but I'm not sure it's going to be a quarterback. Uh, Cody Kessler from USC. Uh, he's somebody that I need to see more of. I've only been able to catch a couple games. Uh, struck me as a, a rhythm-based passer, and I thought he really uh, improved from the games that I saw from 2013 with USC. Um, looked a lot better last year. Uh, but, again, this is somebody that I need to see a little bit more of. Uh, Gunnar Keel from Cincinnati is another one that I need to see more of. I'm a little bit shaky as far as what he was asked to do. I caught two games for him and a lot of quick throws, a lot of false bubbles followed by vertical throws. Uh, really struggled to get into a rhythm with his timing when he was asked to do extended drops off of the snap, either dropping five or seven yard or five or seven step drops off the, the snap. Um, a lot of holding and hitching and, and looking at the top before getting rid of the ball. Um, Ohio State really stands out. I don't think it was – I didn't see a in-rhythm pass from him if it was not a quick throw for the first half of the game. Obviously, Ohio State will do that to a lot of teams as far as pass protection and uh, the pressure that they're able to generate with their front defensive front. But he was somebody that I can see the appeal because he, like Hackenberg, checks all the boxes mentally when you're going through looking for you know your build, your arms, your arm strength, your athleticism. He has all that. But I just have not seen enough to come away and say – Yes, this is somebody I definitively feel good about, or no, this is somebody that I don't feel good about. Two more guys. Uh, Jacoby Brissett from North Carolina State is somebody that I think has a lot of tools. Uh, very appealing as far as his build. I, I believe he's listed at, at 6'4", 236 or something like that. Uh, limited reps. I think he's only started 16 games off the top of my head, so less than 20 starts. Um, really toolsy, a uh, little bit more of a traditional pocket passer than uh, a couple of the other guys that we've talked about thus far with Boykin and, and Miller and Prescott. And, but I, I think he's somebody that you're going to struggle to be able to get a grasp on because of the team that he's on. It's going to be really difficult to get an accurate evaluation I think a lot of his evaluation is going to come down to upside and flashes. And if you think that you can work with his uh, finite skill set and be able to develop it, I think he'll be an interesting player to watch this year just because, to be honest, I'm not quite sure what they're going to have to work with and what he's going to have to work with as a quarterback. 
so uh, the Wolfpack are not necessarily highly regarded. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can elevate the play of that offense and potentially subsequently elevate the the play of that team and the, the success that they had in 2015. And the last guy that I want to talk about is uh, somebody who's a little bit more of a dual threat. Uh, he's not a name that gets a lot of buzz, but he is Marquise Williams from North Carolina. Uh, dual threat player, um, pretty powerful runner, uh, has some wiggle to him. And uh, he's another one of the guys like Brissett who's a strong-armed passer. But Williams actually has – you know, a couple decent players to work with there on offense. Uh, they have two wide receivers, one that is eligible this year and one that is – actually, they might both be eligible. I know the other one is Ryan Switzer is the one that comes to mind. He is a very fun to watch. Uh, he does punt returns and is very slippery in the open field. And uh, he – that – combination should be a lot of fun to watch uh, as Switzer continues to grow and develop. He's a player that you know, I really enjoyed watching in 2014. So that's kind of what got me onto Marquise Williams. I know um, he got some playing time when Eric Ebron was there before Ebron got drafted by the Lions. So we've had a couple seasons to at least get flashes and, and see what he has to work with. And I know he was a very productive player at North Carolina. I believe he's listed at uh, 6'1 or 6'2 and 215. So he's got a respectable build, uh, not necessarily ideal build for the position. And, again, he, just like Brissett, as far as I'm concerned, coming into the season are um, toolsy, high upside developmental guys to at least keep an eye on and see how they continue to progress, if they continue to progress, uh, how much success they have throughout the course of the season. So with that in mind, there's all 11 guys that I've had a chance to at least get a sizable uh, sample on, whether it's two, three, four games or, you know, Hackenberg, I'm a Penn State graduate, so I've seen quite a bit of Penn State. So I'm fairly comfortable with where I stand on that particular uh, early opinion and evaluation. So uh, like I said, before I started going through the list, uh, we will probably be doing these uh, fairly regularly over the next couple weeks, uh, just working through position groups. And you know, I'm, I'm putting together my quote-unquote master list for uh, prospects at each position to, to at least have a, a starter's kit for the 2015 season. Uh, I'm up around uh, 130 prospects with um, – athletic profile as far as height, weight, uh, experience, production. So I have a pretty sizable sample for the offensive side of the ball, and we're going to continue working through the defensive listing over the next couple of weeks. So I would not be surprised, you know, maybe episode five, episode six, we might sprinkle something else in there, get somebody on here for uh, a different change of pace, get somebody who uh, is also going through their own unique uh, evaluation setup for 2015, just to give you guys a little bit of a perspective on how I do it versus how they do it, and maybe just break the monotony of my voice rambling on for 20, 30 minutes. So with that in mind, uh, this wraps up episode four. 
2016 quarterback early impressions. Thank you very much for listening to 365 Draft. I'm Kyle Krabs. You can catch me on Twitter at NDT Scouting. And please feel free to continue visiting NDTScouting.com for more episodes of 365 Draft.